Good morning, everybody. This is the Kestrin Adventuresses podcast with Heather and Ute, the show for women who love horses, travel and adventure. My name is Ute and I'm happy to welcome you to another exciting episode. Just a word before we start. If you like this show, please give us a rating or review on your podcast players. This will help in keeping this podcast up and running. Also tell your friends about it so more like-minded women can find us and start listening. And today I'm talking about a quite serious topic. Uh, I'm talking about PSSM or polysaccharide storage myopathy. Um, PSSM is a disease which um, has been uh, spoken or talked about a lot in recent years because, uh, well, we can test, we can test it, and more and more horses seem to fall prey to it. And uh, well, it's it's really has reached pretty much everywhere. Um, it's uh, prevalent in quarter horses, in draft horses, but also in warm blood and, Ara and Arabian horses. So today I'm talking with Daniela Vadera again, our nutritionist. Um, she's an endurance rider, horse breeder, nutritionist and uh, from Austria, a good friend of mine. And she's really knowledgeable about everything we can do um, to help our horses uh, cope with PSSM, PSSM uh, or general other feed issues. So I'm really happy that she's here because she's really knowledgeable and uh, yeah, looking very much forward to having this uh, talk with her about PSSM. Uh, what is the disease? What can we do? Is it curable? And how can we, horse, can we help our horses live with it? We are explorers. We are trailblazers. We love to do what cannot be done. We love to test our limits, cross borders, and we love the freedom horses bring us. We seek lands without fences. Who are we? We are equestrian adventuresses. We are a community of women who love horses, travel, and adventure. To infinity and beyond! And now your hosts, Uta and Heather. What if you could have the adventure of your dreams? Enjoy your free time with your horse going out in a boat. The Equestrian Adventuresses created a workshop with 18 experts to tell you how to achieve this with and for your horse. We asked all of them to share their biggest mistakes and their strategies which brought them to where they are today. We asked them what they would have done differently in the first place so that you can learn directly from them. In this workshop you will learn strategies from our experts to succeed in having adventures with horses. Increase the speed while learning secrets our experts share with you. Get inspired. Sometimes we forget how important it is to just dream. This workshop will give you inspiration and motivation to fulfill your dreams. Our 18 experts are incredibly talented horsemen and women from different fields and countries and they have shared amazing insights and tips. Some of them are Kelly Wilson from New Zealand who talks about what wild horses teach us how to read horses, and how liberty work helps us in our relationship with our horse. Jonathan Field from Canada, who talks about how to stay safe with horses and how trail riding can help you with your general riding skills. Sarah Cuthbertson from Ride Like an Athlete tells us all about riders' fitness and how to prepare your body for an adventure. Sandra Schmidt from Ireland gives advice about how to prepare for an overnight camping trip with horses and about what equipment and gear is necessary. Charlotte Kingsman Chaudhry talks about how to manage our emotions to have a better relationship with our horses. Kathleen Leonard tells us about the biggest mistakes new long riders make and how not to long ride. 
and these are just some examples. There are many more. Additionally, there are bonus panel discussions about different topics such as saddlebags, tipping etiquette, when, what to do what, when you're injured while riding abroad, and many more. All this you can access from the comfort of your home or listen to while driving out to work or to the stable. We have also added behind-the-scene footage and you will receive a goal-setting workbook to put your new knowledge to work. You can get all this for a special price of just $27 as a limited offer. You can find our virtual workshop on the Equestrian Adventurers' website and I will also add the link in our show notes. Just click on it and start fulfilling your dreams about adventuring with horses. And here we are back again with today's podcast guest, Daniela Vadera. Uh, first of all, welcome, Daniela, for, and uh, thank you very much for joining me today. Hi, welcome. I'm happy to be here again. <laughs> yeah, and our topic is a serious one, PSSM and horses. Maybe you can just quickly uh, tell us a little bit about what is PSSM. Um, don't go too much into details, uh, but maybe just give us a short overview so that people like you and me can understand what kind of disease is there. Yes, um, PSSM, uh, which is um, an abbreviation for uh, a disease that is called polysaccharide uh, storage myopathy. And um, in short words, it means that it is a disease that causes um, that uh, glycogen is built up in the muscle of horses. Uh, because on a regular basis, the glycogen in the body is used as an energy source during movement, whatever you do with your horse. And in that, if the, the horse has PSSM, it can't use it and that causes serious problems. So that, that, that's the main thing. Right. Now there's uh, two types of PSSM or say um, there is like the first type PSSM1 and there's yes. PSSM2 which is probably uh, a lot of different types of PSSM um, uh, combined basically. Can you, can you just give us a quick overview here? Yes, um, PSSM in fact is, a is uh, caused by a genetic disorder. So we, we know quite a lot about PSSM1 which is well researched. Um, which is uh, exactly what I have been talking about. And then um, there is so-called PSSM2, uh, which can be uh, variants um, of glycogen problems that horses have. But up till now, um, research uh, couldn't really find the reasons behind it and there is also no genetic tests on it yeah you can only find the buildup of the glycogen for example if you if you take muscle tissue um, so there is uh, really a lot we don't know uh, and the, the correct the, the correct thing would be to say everything that isn't PSSM1 is PSSM2 Mm, exactly. Symptomatic horses, exactly, yes. Yeah, now PSM, PSSM1 can be actually G, uh, tested uh, with a simple gene test. It's quite widely yes. available and not very expensive. PSSM2, um, there's a very, um, there is now, there's a test as well as available, but it's not very well received. It hasn't been peer um, received basically yet. So it's it's not um, scientifically validated. And as you mentioned already, it's actually a combination of several diseases probably um, kind of leading up to the same symptom um, problems in the muscle. Now tell us a little bit, how can we find out if our horses has, if our horse has um, a PSSM? 
Yes. Um, you mean what to do if you basically if how can we? Uh, what what is usually the if, point where where people realize oh my horse might be having or might be suffering or might be having a problem here? Yeah. What are the symptoms? I mean, that the most typical and uh, evident symptom uh, is that horses uh, tend to tie up very quickly and for no obvious reasons. Um, but as it is very often, it's, it's often not as simple as that because it can be much more subtle. It can mean that horses, for example, have uh, recurrent lamenesses that maybe change, you know, once on that back leg and one on the other and you don't really know, is it really lame or is it just stiff? Like these kind of things, which are very hard and um, if the, you have the vet out and they can't do a proper lameness diagnostic, it just you don't get a result. Yeah, so um, these are typical things uh, and a thorough vet will in those cases always order at least a PSSM1 test, uh, genetic test, and so you, you can say much more about that. Um, with PSSM2 it's a bit more complicated because of course lots of other problems uh, that horses can have, like ulcers, problems um, with the, in the back, in the joints, can cause these kinds of subtle lameness or movement issues. So this makes it very hard, you know, to, to different uh, or to, to exclude things or to say, well, that's it. Yeah, so, so this is the difficulty about this big field of, um, of, of subtle symptoms we have. Right. Now, let's say um, you have a horse which has these symptoms, uh, displaying these symptoms, and uh, I get a test done and it's positive. Um, is there a cure? No, um, there is no cure for PSSM, but there is management. And actually, it's, it's, it's not very complicated. <laughs> um, but I mean, not very complicated. Uh, from the principles we use in the management, but uh, it can be complicated for, you know, you you are where you are with your horse and then maybe you have to, to, to make some really big changes for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's the biggest problem that, <laughs> that owners get if they, if they get a diagnosis. Yeah. Right. So now let's talk a little bit about, you said, management. Um, what do I have to do uh, if I have a PSSM1 horse um, and I want to, yeah, help him? Yeah, I mean, in total, um, the, the measurements count for both, like for, for all PSSM courses. And maybe to, to, shut it cold a little, to, to, shut, to cut it short a little bit, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, we can always say if you have done a PSSM2 genetic test and it's positive and well we said well we don't really know if, if it's valid or not my recommendation as a nutritionist is always just feed the regimen then we would like do the management um, um, steps because they won't harm your horse yeah so with management uh, it, it's it's two things or three things actually it's uh, one main thing is the feeding regimen because that's uh, one of them that that's very important you have to um, take care of certain things and the other part is like how you keep your horse how you have your ex exercise regimen and all these kind of things yeah so um, 
we probably talk about the feeding first or <laughs> yeah let's talk about yeah. the feeding first yeah so as we heard um psnm means the the, the body has problems um to it, it's building up glycogen so glycogen is deri derivated from um from sugar from starches from all those kind of um uh, non-structural carbohydrates that we have in feeds so this is the most important thing that you have um, have an eye on your uh, sugars and starches you have in your feeds and that counts especially for the roughage you're feeding because this is what your horse is eating all day yeah so it means hay grass uh, but also like if you're feeding like hay cubes or or beet pulp and these kind of things um, it's very important that you feed for forage um, with um, NCS uh, content which means um, uh, non um, non structural carbohydrates uh, content of 12% or lower yeah lower is is always great but 12% that has been scientifically proven is what those horses can manage yeah Okay. Um, this is the basis because, of course, roughage uh, is the basis of every horse horse's food. Yeah, but it also counts, of course, for grass. Um, these horses can be grazing, uh, but as we said, you have to take care about the sugar content, which uh, means you should uh, go and see what kind of grass is growing uh, on your pastures also low you know the, the low grazed ones where, where the, the grass is not um, able to grow a lot because the horses are eating it all the time it produces a lot of sugars because that's a reaction of the plant this is very dangerous so that's not very good yeah so you have to take care of these things as well then as we always do with all horses before you make big changes um, you have to evaluate you know is my horse like in what body condition is it is it well is it is it a little bit overweight like all these kind of things um a lot of pssm horses unfortunately are good doers <laughs> which means um they they are already maybe a little bit like overweight or have a body score rather six to seven than five yeah <laughs> so it means we have to take care a little bit here um it means also you have to adapt um your feeding routine um to uh the, the to what your horse actually really needs yeah so that is important uh, then the next thing um you should avoid of course hard feeds uh that contain grains grain mixes sweet feed molasses like all these kind of things where you have any any kind of starch, grainy, sugary contents, um, because it's it's not um, it's not helping your horse because it has a problem with exactly uh, uh, metabolically with, with exactly those kind of feeds. So, if your horse needs um, much more energy than it gets from the daily forage amount that it gets because maybe you're you know you're very active or the horse has you know is is, is not a good doer um then you can add, you can add um 
for example, um, uh, how you said uh, a, a diet um, that is based on a lo low sugar, high fat um, ratio. Yeah, for example, you can work with with beet pulp, which is amylose, to add a bit more energy and calories that don't affect and uh, the, the, the that doesn't trigger um, the PSSM. Um, or and you can use for example seeds or oils yeah this is like the the recommended regimen uh horses that are active or that are ridden and and all that um they can be adapted um in their metabolism to use fat as an energy source so this is actually a very good thing to do because you have no starch and no sugar in those uh, kind of feeds the only thing you have to take care of is don't add too much oil if you if your horse really needs bigger amounts of, of, of fat in the diet it's better to work with seeds because it's it's um, it's easier to digest uh, for the gut system than oils and also because the seeds have uh, most of the time a better um, nutritional value because you also have other in in contents in the feed that are very healthy like if you take linseed you also have um, amino acids um, you have fiber contents minerals uh, and all that kind of stuff and last but not least uh, use a seed or oil that is high in omega-3 because as we all know omega-3 is a very uh, good antioxidant it helps you know, to to oppose um, uh, degenerational processes in the body, um, and uh, it, it's so it's a very good idea to use not, for example, soy, but rather linseed. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, I see. So, so basically, uh, you recommend uh, to check the starch and sugar content, particularly in roughage, and to avoid any type of grain or sugary foods, such as molasses, of course. Yes. Um, how about fruits? Um, I guess you would avoid those for uh, PSSM horses uh, as well. Yes, of course, because they contain sugar. I mean, I don't think, I mean, it won't, like if if we have the account of the sugar content of one carrot, and if you give your your horse uh, as a treat, uh, you know, a chopped up carrot, it won't affect uh, the whole balance. But don't feed them um, a kilo or two or three a day, or apples right. or, or other fruit that contain a lot of sugar. Yeah, so that that that's not recommendable. Yeah, and it's very important that you that you check all the food labels or feed labels in that case if you buy um, supplements because uh, very often you have uh, you have sugars and stuff in there to make the food more palatable for the horses and of course it adds to the balance so um, rather you know buy buy supplements that that contain no added um, no, no additives uh, that contain sugar and all that kind of thing. Yeah, right. Particularly if you look for uh, what we call here muesli, the kind of uh, pre-made uh, or pre-mixed 
foods, uh, feedstuff yeah. for horses, which often yes. contain a lot of molasses, particularly. I mean, horses love sweets, just as we. Yeah. Um, so for them, it's it's actually very tasty. So they enjoy eating that more. But unfortunately, it's not very good for them. Uh, even if your horse doesn't really suffer from PSSM, I would probably yeah, not. Yeah, and it's not only the muesli, it's also, you know, you work a lot with ration balances. If you don't, if you don't give hard feeds, people, you know, give ration balances that contain protein and stuff. But also the pellets are made of something and very often you know, they contain uh, wheat um, wheat meal or these kind of things or dextrose, saccharose, these kind of things, um, or also mineral supplements, um, antioxidant supplements, all that. It's really important because it adds up, yeah, because, um, of course, these horses get supplemented with vitamins, which is very important, with ant antioxidants, as we said. And uh, the ready-made mixes very often contain things that we don't want. Right. Either either for the problem with PSSM, but also for the gut. And the healthy gut is also important for those horses because you want to do everything, you know, to help them with their digestion. And uh, a good digestion also is good for a good me metabolism. So uh, that's all very important. Right. Yeah, we discussed a lot about PSSM1 horses, about their diet and management now, or basically about their diet, nutrition. Um, we'll go about, uh, we talk about the management in a little while. Um, what about PS, PS, uh, PSSM2 horses? Um, I heard that they basically need a lot of protein in the diet as well. Now, actually, as I said in the beginning, it's it's more or less the same uh, for the whole regimen for PSSM or PSSM2. Uh, because with PSSM2, we don't know a lot. Um, it, it depends then and that you have to go for the individual case that you have. Um, actually, the, the protein is important for both of them <laughs> uh, because protein is important for, the, for every horse. And if you have uh, a horse that is probably physically active, um, but is on a forage only diet, you always have to, to take care about the protein supplements. Yeah. So the management in general uh, from, from feeding and all is more or less the same. Of course, you have uh, individual approaches. Also, then, if you know, you know what the exact problem is, you have to go into detail. You have to discuss it with your vet. You have to, to take in a nutritionist. But the principle is avoid sugar, starches, and um, everything that goes in that direction. And uh you know add a good vitamin supplement um or mineral supplement to your uh ratio look that the protein balance is okay um help with antioxidants because it's anti-inflammatory use uh if you need to use uh oil of, of fatty feeds um to 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 get a higher calorie intake use omega-3 based seeds or oils rather than uh, omega-6 uh, based seeds or oils. And yeah, and one important thing is also get your selenium levels checked on a regular basis. Um, it can be tricky to just, uh, you know, add it in a higher level to your diet because it can cause uh, really big problems. And also the selenium levels are depending on on other um, minerals that are in the feed and how well they are balanced. So it's kind of a little bit tricky just to do it without 
uh, a blood uh, a blood level testing beforehand. Uh, but these are things you should also do with your vet. Yeah. So. Right. Okay. I see. So <clears throat> just a question: um, How do we increase the protein intake in our horses' feed? Yeah. Um, you have like as I said, you can use if you use seeds uh, instead of just oils. You already have because uh, if you use linseed, it has a very good um, content of protein already. Uh, you can add uh, easily to to the to the protein intake of your horse. Um, but of course, you can also use alpha alpha. You can you can feed a mix of um, uh, grass forage with alpha alpha uh, added. For example, this is an easy one. But you can also use um, amino acid as, uh, supplements because if you're talking protein, it's not so much the, the raw protein, which we also have in hay, but it's the, 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 the quality um, amino acids, which the proteins are made of. And there we need lysine, methionine, and therine. These are the three most wanted essential mm -hmm. ones. So you have to check to check your feeds for that. Uh, good mineral supplements also can um, have them in them, but maybe not, you know, it's always thought as an add-on. You, you always have to look, what am I feeding? Uh, and yeah, you, you can use these, these kind of, uh, of feeds. Also beet pulp, for example, if you use uh, Amolas beet pulp, beet pulp has a good lysine content, uh, which, which is one reason I, I like it a lot also. So if you add that to the diet, if your horse, you know, is not uh, in an overweight body condition and maybe needs some more extra calories and, and also use them because you're, you're riding your horse, then this can be a good thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's talk about the second component of management, exercise and turnout and horse keeping in general. Uh, what is important here for PSSM horses? Uh, for PSSM horses, it is very important to keep them moving. They should be, um, it, it's very preferable if they're not like, you know, uh, in confined stalls, but if they can move around the whole day, that, that's the preferred thing. Um, they should do some light exercise every day. This is also something that has been uh, scientifically researched that um, the possibility that they, they that uh, the tying up is triggered is uh, lessened a lot by a very good light exercise routine every day. And what is also important if you 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 know if your horse uh, is in a is athletic and you're you're riding your horse uh, more sporty than just in leisure, uh, you should always account for a longer warm-up period do a slow warm-up stretching a lot you know give those muscles time to start working mm. okay that's very important so do you think or um is it generally the fact that we can use pssm horses in sports that we can ride them pretty much without any kind of restrictions it's a very individual thing um there are horses, high-performing horses that are PSSM diagnosed. But the thing is also there are horses that have a PSSM diagnosis but never show symptoms. Uh, it's, it's 
so it's you you can't say in general well you can ride every PSSM horse you should um, take care and manage the horse in a way that it has um, turnout and that it is lightly worked uh, but many horses can perform like amateur level you know I know of horses they are in endurance or in dressage or jumping uh, or even eventing and they they are PSSM horses so one part is really how you know how this horse is living <laughs> with the disease how much does the disease affect the horse but also a big part is management if they're managed correctly they can have a different life yeah you're already mentioning um also due to the quite cheap available test. Now, a lot of horses uh, actually diagnosticized with PSSM or basically uh, tested positive for PSSM, but they don't have any symptoms at all. Um, how much do you think, um, is it more of a hype or is it really something um, if we get um, a positive PSSM test, PSSM1 test, um, do we need to really take precautions even if our host doesn't show any symptoms? If I have a positive PSSM one test, I would definitely recommend, highly recommend to take precautions because the test is valid. So it's, you know, the, ho the horse has the problem. Um, it doesn't mean it has to show symptoms, which can also be related to the regimen the horse already has. Maybe the horse never got a, you know, got a big grain um, ratio or maybe it wasn't confined and it had all the light movement it needed the whole like these kind of things um, it's very easy I think uh, to from the feet point of view to manage the horse I mean of course sometimes it's hard to find the forage with the low sugar content but 12% should be something that's doable for most people yeah and there is also possibilities to get rid of sugar in hay you know as a first aid measure you can you can wash hay and all that yeah so um, water. yeah exactly um we, we should do something about uh, an interview about that because that's yeah, all we, we talked about <laughs> hay in one of our yeah, last yeah. episodes and and you told me that i had no idea that yeah. you could actually remove sugar from hay yeah, by yeah. soaking it yeah. that was a really so, interesting information yeah but there is a lot of things you have also have to know there, there's been good research on it and how long you know but also that the, the quality of the hay makes a difference if you can get the sugar out or not these kind of things yes but i think it's not such a big deal to manage those horses because yeah well you don't use oats or other grains and if you need energy uh you you use other feet uh other feeds as we talked about um and you need to manage you know everything around the horse a little bit different but it can be done so and with the psnm2 tests here um i have a critical eye on it because it 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 I mean, I'm well aware there are horses that have this, you know, they have PSSM2 and it's not so easy to find it out. But um, what what is a bit problematic is that a lot of people want the test, for example, before they buy horses or because they have heard that stallion and that mare, they have been positively tested. And this is something that can affect, you know, the whole, the whole breeding, like it can ex extinguish whole breeding lines maybe on a whim because you know someone did a test that's not validated i think that's kind of a little bit tricky 
but if you as you know a horse owner you have a horse with symptoms your horse was tested with the the pssm2 test and it has certain symptoms for me two things are important you do the feeding regimen for pssm horses it's as we said not such a big deal it it's it's actually anyhow better for many horses because also you know if it has uh, problems with weight and all that it's a regimen that's a healthy one and the second thing is um don't stop looking for other problems because as we said it's like statistically much more likely the horse has an ulcer problem it doesn't only have to be a stomach ulcer it can be a hind gut ulcer also which is much more harder to 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 find don't stop looking for other problems your horses could have uh, it can be complicated, you know, it can be something in the back, it can be something in the joints, in the legs, in the hooves. So it, it's a very big field <laughs> um, your, your vet has to work on. But if you can't improve uh, the symptoms by, you know, changing your feeding regimen and, and management for PSSM, it could be that they have all problems. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, let's talk about one last field here, um, behavioral issues, um, particularly PSSM2 often leads to aggressive horses, to depressed horses. Um, is there something we could do in the sense of, of, of nutrition to help them? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, a lot of the behavioral issues uh, derivate from pain, you know, feeling, not feeling well. It's It's most of the time the trigger for that so it means changing them to the to the pssm management will help those horses yeah so so these are important this is for me the most important thing to do right yeah yeah i see um Interestingly, PSSM has been kind of called like a, a draft horse disease, even though I think today almost uh, all breeds are in one way or the other affected. But uh, amongst draft horses, we find a very um, high proportion yes. of horses which have been tested. I've just recently read an article about Norica horses, um, draft horse from Austria, where about every third horse is probably a carrier of PSSM um, in one yes. form or the other. But very few horses actually fall Yes. Uh, fall sick or show a lot of symptoms um, yes. so it's quite interesting do you think um, it definitely has something to do with a muscle mask or maybe um, with the kind of reputation of the horse or as with the kind of physical I mean draft horses are usually good doers um, they are not they don't need a lot of feed do you think that we have generally problems in nutrition in feeding our horses too much uh, I mean, to answer the first question, why in draft horses or why is, I don't know so much about other draft, um, draft horse breeds, because in Austria, where I'm from, the Norica is, you know, of course, like the draft horse. And there it is a genetical problem because we have a very small uh, population. The Norica horse is like, you know, uh, a breed that that's supported it's a traditional breed it's not a commercial breed um so we we don't have a big genetic variety in here and it's also actually you know it has a closed stud book so we only have the genetic pool we have we can't get fresh blood from outside that's also a problem yeah um yeah so so this is one thing 
And your other question, like, uh, are horses doing too good or are we feeding too well? Uh, I can see there is a, a big variance. I think we have a lot of bad feeding, <laughs> um, but it's not, it's not always that people are feeding too much. The, the biggest problem I see is like the, the forage, the way forage is fed and the, the quality of the forage is fed. We have um, a lot of high sugar forage that is fed and that's making a lot of problems. And on the other side, we can't, you know, we can't take away the, the, the hay, we can't restrict hay too much because it, it will harm also the health of our horses. And this is one of the biggest problems I see in feeding. Yeah, so. I see. And of course, the lack of exercise. Many horses, you know, they're just standing around. They don't get, uh, they don't get ridden. They don't, they don't, yeah, they don't exercise enough, but also the way they're kept. I mean, of course, it's a good development. We see a lot of, you know, uh, stables are offering trails and all these kind of things. So there is movement in the right direction, but still we see, we see a lot of confined horses, especially in the, in keeping of sport horses, unfortunately, uh, and also here we have a lot of problems because you know the the horse should move around the whole day and not be standing in a in a small confined stable to stay healthy. And I'm not I'm not talking about the psychological side effects yet. So yeah, right. So um, yeah, I guess I mean I did my research in PSSM and I I thought like good horsekeeping. I mean PSSM is um, genetical mutation, at least one. And yes. two, it's probably a number of different genes which are probably slightly altered, which are quite common in horses. And maybe they're not really a disease, but we are making our uh, we are making a disease out of it because we don't keep our horses the right way. Yeah, I mean, if the horse has PSSM in one way or the other, of course it has a disease, but we can help those horses with management. Um, but I'm seeing also the problem, as you say, there is a lot of, you know, um, fears and, and, you know, um, lack of knowledge and a lot of actions that are taken, um, not based on, you know, just proper horse management. And, and that's a problem. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Daniela, we are we are coming to the end here, yeah. um, and so I think I have to cut you short a little bit. Um, Daniela, thank you so much for joining me here You're today. Welcome. It was a pleasure talking with you about this topic. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that's it for today's episode. Heather and me want to thank you very much for tuning in to the Equestrian Adventurers podcast, the show for women who love horses, travel, and adventure. Are you missing a topic? or have an interesting story to tell, contact us through our Facebook group or send us an email on podcast-show at equestrianadventuresses.com. For all information on this episode, check out today's show notes. You can find the link in your podcast player window or just go to the Equestrian Adventuresses website under podcast. Here you can find all the information about our virtual workshop, Adventuring with Your Horse, our latest free travel guidebook, The Ultimate Equestrian Adventuress's Bucket List, or our 1000 Miles Challenge. So long, everybody. Happy trails. <laughs>